Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Hangouts and Headlines, December 8th, 2022. And if you've already looked at the description of this video and seen the number of headlines I have already set up for this, you know we've got a lot to talk about. And primarily in the headlines portion of our show, we've got a lot to talk about because the British media is, in fact, um, crazy, or at least crazy about this story, crazy about these kids. Uh, and so when I went to look at some of the things that we might cover today in, in Hangouts and Headlines, and I think I mentioned on Tuesday that uh, this is going to be a weird week. We're just going to try to have a potpourri of fun topics today. We talked about Velveeta lawsuits. We talked about home decor. And I actually had a lot of fun with you all in your comments on various photos of a person's home. So maybe we'll try to introduce that more often as kind of a resting point between super serious stories. Today we're talking about, what are we talking about? Today we're talking about a man by the name of Christopher Boozy that we've talked about before, but primarily in context with what has proven to be uh, a very well-publicized Netflix documentary. Now, I have to give my two cents on this, um, and one of the things I want to say before we start any headlines portion, which we usually do in about a half hour, uh, is that I am not a big follower of the royal family of Britain. I, I am not someone that usually reads all of these articles or terribly closely looks at the way the British media is handling these things or, or observing them. And so it was actually to my surprise, and maybe this gives credence to some of the things they say in the documentary, or it seems like they'll say in the documentary, I was surprised by exactly how much coverage things like the trailers for this documentary we were getting at all the outlets I could find. In, in Great Britain. And maybe if you are if you are hanging out there, and I will ask your opinion on this in this hangout section, maybe if you're hanging out there, you're like, oh, Rick, sweet summer child. Yes, this is how everything is handled if there's a royal mansion or Harry and Meghan take a special role right now. But there were literally dozens of articles uh, on this. And I wanted to talk about one very specific area because I'm definitely not the place you want to come uh, for Harry and Meghan opinions or William and Kate opinions or anything like that. I am the wrong expert to come to on YouTube. If that's what you thought you were getting, hey, I don't blame you. I will see you on the next video. But, but I do read headlines. I do look at media and how they treat things. And this was fascinating to me because a number of you raised a article to me uh, in the past couple of days that after this trailer dropped, there was a familiar face, right? That Christopher Boozy, uh, who has interacted with me and some of my colleagues on YouTube and who we have criticized in terms of research acumen and toxicity on the internet and everything else, which we will talk about today, appears for six seconds or something along those lines on a minute-long trailer. And I said to myself, okay, I watched this trailer uh, for the first time uh, while I was researching this video. I said to myself, this is such a tiny, tiny uh, bit of time on this trailer. Surely... The articles that people are sending me about Christopher Boozy are about something else. And the answer to that is no. Uh, in the British media, in the British media, there was an absolute dissection of this trailer, like every shot. And you could find articles about almost anything, but you could find a multitude of articles about who is this guy? Hey, this guy appears for five seconds, and it's actually probably less than that. In this trailer, who is this dude? And just article after article after article. And it just kind of goes... Uh, further and further and further. And so what I've done is I've organized our headlines portion today. And I'm sorry, we'll get to Hangouts in a second. I've organized my headlines portion today to kind of highlight how different outlets are treating 
Christopher Boozy and the question of who is Christopher Boozy and going from a somewhat milk toast, pretty good neutral description to that guy is crazy and should be canceled and all this stuff. So it's fascinating to me, but we are going to take a different tack than you might see otherwise online, right? I, one of the things, I, I guess I can show you it right now, right? So this is going to be part of the headlines. I wake up and I uh, my computer knows what I've been researching and everything else. And, and I, I want to make sure that there isn't anything that I'm going to miss in this particular headline. So I'm looking to make sure that Chris Rabuzzi doesn't say anything that I should be addressing in an episode like this. And as best I can tell, he doesn't. But as I'm looking... The Guardian here, right? You know, pretty significant paper. You don't have to trust them. You don't have to like them. I know a number of people in comments always tell me, oh, that that newspaper is terrible or this newspaper is this. Guardian is still pretty big, at least. Uh, they're doing, uh, and we're going to get back to this summary uh, to kind of talk through what they found in the documentary. They're doing uh, like live tweets. Understand this is a taped documentary on Netflix. They're doing live tweets throughout the early morning here in the United States, like going through every minute and summarizing uh, what this what this actually is, is about, right? We're not going to read any of this, folks. There's a link, or either, there isn't a link to this one in the description. I will add it. Uh, but uh, they, they go through every minute of this. And Guardian, big, reputable newspaper, starts keeping track throughout this timeline, if you go check it out, of the number of articles that are going up in their competitors, right? They say the Daily Mail has 13 articles up in the first two hours of the release of the uh, of the uh, documentary and they talk about uh, i'm gonna get these names wrong so i'm sorry british citizens uh, i think they talk about the star and the times uh and some other stuff uh there uh that i can't remember the name of but it's absolutely fascinating to me as an american who knows that there are people that are deeply invested in these stories americans are following this as well and and some of this, the Guardian complains about, is targeted towards Americans or the West. Uh, just how fascinating they are about this. I mean, it's just wild. It's just wild to me. And it is interesting. It is interesting. I, I don't know any of the specifics about these stories. So I, I'm not going to claim that I do. But it is interesting to me that part of the thrust of this thing that we will see is that uh, Prince Harry has a lot of complaints about the media. Prince Harry, famously the son of uh, Princess Diana, died uh, connected with paparazzi and all sorts of stuff clearly has issues with the media. And I have to admit, I don't know that I've seen anything covered like this as I have this morning. Now, maybe that's because I keep my head in the sand and I don't follow the Royals generally. And you can correct me on this at all times, Chad, always happy to get more and better information. We all have blind spots in what we know, but I've never seen anything like this. And so when I made this Video when I set up the thumbnail when I prepared to talk about this with you all, which will still be focused on Christopher Boozy, who with whom I've had direct interaction. I had no idea that this morning and this story was going to look like this when I woke up. Uh, so that's my background on this. What's yours? I did put a poll up. Are you actually interested in watching this thing? Um, right now, the poll is 81% that you aren't interested in it, 19% that you are which is, of course, fascinating because everybody is treating it, at least before we read the summary from The Guardian, as some massive event, some major event that needs to be needs to be watched. Needs to be watched. Uh, we did get some super chats before we even start the normal hangout today. Britt, always with the super chat. Thank you so much, Britt. Agreed. I will never understand the fascination with royal families in the U.S. We tossed them out over 200 years ago, but somehow people are addicted to their drama. I was talking to 
co-counsel, Mrs. Hope Law, about this yesterday. And, and she she follows this stuff. She's interested in it. Um, and she's also interested, like me, as to how people are covering it and what things come out. Um, but, you know, I, I said it, it appears like, in general, every family has their stuff, right? That's just the truth. And there's only so much you can focus on. And in America, at least, I cannot speak to other jurisdictions, especially Britain. Um, in America, at least, we pick families as an audience. Um, this isn't like an aspersion on, on me or co-counsel or you, but as an audience, there seems to be uptake for picking families, whether it's the Kardashians or the Royals or, or someone else, and just analyzing them to within an inch of their lives, following everything, following every marriage announcement, every divorce, every birth, um, and kind of living through their drama vicariously. So I, I think the Royals are just one place where everybody can agree, oh, okay, that's that's a family of interest. Uh, and then the media in America, and it certainly seems like in Britain, kind of puts that spotlight on brighter, puts it under a deeper microscope. And so I don't understand it either exactly, Britt, uh, but it certainly is a popular thing in America. And I expect this Netflix documentary to be, you know, number one on that one through 10 list. And Netflix is doing what it does now, which is splitting up things. Uh, it didn't split it up for more than a month like it did with Stranger Things season four. Uh, but it did split this one up. I, I don't I think the next part of the documentary comes out next week. I think uh, I think it's split up into two. Uh, and there's a bunch of interesting things. A lot of people reporting on the kind of disclaimers that they put at the front of this thing, that it was done before the Queen's death, all sorts of stuff. Akaruki says, boozy boo. I think that might be the start of a buck type sound. Uh, blues, blues, go blues. Uh, laughing emoji. Thank you, Akaruki. Yep, we got we got Christopher Boozy. He continues to be, and I will say this legitimately, this is sincere. One of the more fascinating individuals that we have looked at that has crossed our paths uh, in Hangouts and Headlines or just on this channel and generally. Uh, and we talk about a lot of fascinating individuals, but it is a rare thing to actually see in practice someone that goes out there and, and claims to fight toxicity and be the most toxic element in the stories that he's covering. And I think that's what certain people are getting to as they try to research these things. Uh, Co-counsel did tell me one of the funnier things that happens with these questions of who is this guy is that people that are looking for him on Twitter will go and find that they're blocked by him and be like, I don't, did I ever interact with this person? Why am I, why am I blocked? Which of course, famously, he doesn't just sentinel for bots. He uses bots to block people, uh, which is why chances are, if you're following me on Twitter, you're blocked by Christopher Boozy, regardless of whether you've said anything to him ever. Um, so there you go. We do have some hangouts time, of course. Eddie says, morning, Hogue family and friends. It is a morning. It is a morning. It's a good morning, too. I hope you had a great Wednesday. Sorry for missing you, of course, for Weekend Wednesday, which proved not to be much of a weekend at all for me. Uh, but that's okay. That's how my Wednesdays are. Uh, and uh, if you caught Virtual Legality yesterday, it's a very popular one. We went over We went over Microsoft signing a Call of Duty deal, finally, right? We've been waiting for this as part of the Microsoft Activision deal with Nintendo which was unexpected. <laughs> so they're using everything that they can, everything in the armory uh, to try to uh, to try to fight this deal uh, to the finish line, to, to get it over and, and closed next year. Uh, so we'll see if it plays out for them. It is very interesting to follow. Red Mist says, I'm an immigrant to Britain. You can't underestimate obsession of huge parts of the British public with anything royal. 
Well, my working presumption, right? And I don't get to see the stats behind the scenes of these various media outlets. My working presumption is you don't write 25 articles about three seconds in a trailer unless you think that's going to get the clicks, uh, right? So I tend to agree that the outward indicia that we can see is suggestive of the fact that there must be people clicking on these things all over the place. Uh, and that's that's crazy. Feminism on trial says, I'm only interested in Megan as a case study in narcissism, right? And, and positivity or negativity towards Harry and Megan is going to be part of the analysis of this documentary, right? The reason Christopher Boozy shows up is to say that basically all the haters are, well, we'll see what he has to say, are, are motivated by something that Mr. Boozy talks about a lot. Uh, and so there is this open question as to what is what is going to be said in this documentary. And we've now got The Guardian and some other outlets that have watched the first three hours. We'll talk about their summary. So I guess spoiler alert, if you're worried about that, seems like most of you in the poll aren't worried about that. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, what this documentary is intended to do, what is going to happen in it is is interesting to kind of try to suss out. No pun intended. They're the Sussex. Forget it. <laughs> Powerpuff 4. While I don't have interest in the documentary, I don't understand the hate directed towards Harry and Meghan and 100% why I understand why they left the UK in real life. I, I certainly think media, fame, outward attention in general uh, can change can change people's lives and not necessarily in a good way. Um, so I, I think we can all be sympathetic to being put under a spotlight we didn't want to be under while still talking about, you know, the benefits and uh, what, what what the royals have received as well. Again, I'm not really going to get into the whole Harry and Meghan thing. I don't have strong thoughts uh, on any of this, uh, but I think a lot of people certainly do. Uh, Ida Pye says, Nate, Nate the lawyer, he will show up in our headline section, has been getting a ton of phone calls from journalists asking questions about the lawsuit after the documentary. <laughs> yep. So I can absolutely see that happening as we go and we look at these headlines and these journalists are trying to figure out who this guy is and reporting on who this guy is. One thing that would pop up is that, you know, a lawyer on YouTube is suing him for defamation. Uh, so, yes, that is that is going to be part of the story as well. It wouldn't surprise me if Nate becomes a part of these stories, although I didn't see him referenced. Stephanie says. So sorry you had to watch that trailer for headlines. The things that you go through for us are emoji. It, it, it it's not my favorite approach you know I, I will also share another story uh that i had i, I talked with co-counsel about this yesterday uh, a lot a number of people had asked me if i had watched the netflix documentary and, and both the netflix documentary and the harry and megan documentary as my understanding are produced by netflix uh and uh the the pepsi where's my jet documentary is um is mostly a waste of time that the the, the timing conventions of what I have observed in Netflix documentaries are to present nothing burgers for huge sections of their running time, such as uh, that Pepsi documentary takes place in the 90s, right? So you might have like a two-minute sequence about what 1993 was like, and then uh, maybe a actor dramatizing what it's like to come up with an idea on Post-it notes for another two minutes, and then a number of other things like that. And it wouldn't surprise me if this documentary winds up having the same the same feel of just kind of wasting time and setting stages and not really saying anything and doing that kind of thing. Uh, so I did I did check it out, people. It was a case that we looked at in law school, uh, but I I just don't think I much care for their documentary style. And I'm always, as you can tell, very careful 
uh, with uh, what I what I read and what I watch. And and there are clearly again, I, I only watch the Pepsi documentary, not the not the Megan and Harry uh, documentary. There are clearly slants taken with what they want to present and the story that they want to tell. And that's it's a documentary. All human beings have biases. It's all right. Uh, but it's um, yeah, it, it's not really it's not really what I look to for my either entertainment or information. Uh, so, Stephanie, it was it was really no problem. It was a minute long, uh, but it was uh, not something that looks to be uh, likely for me to watch. <laughs> uh, Shireen says reputable newspaper is an oxymoron, Rick. I don't think that's true. Surely there are good outlets uh, that you can at least have some level of belief in uh, at the end of the day, right? Again, I, I want the media to succeed on this stuff. The fact that they aren't makes me sad. Uh, we got a lot of people commenting on me using the word reputable. Guardian is as reputable as boozy, so there's that. Wow. All right. Okay, maybe instead of reputable, I'll just say large. <laughs> the point was, is that I also have tabs, which I would argue are um, more blog-esque uh, than places like The Guardian. And so I wanted to distinguish between what I usually call here the masthead media and the non-masthead media. But all right, okay, we won't call The Guardian reputable. Uh, certainly, I will yield to the fact that others might know that particular journalistic outlet better than I. Olivia C. says, I'm fascinated by the UK and still salty about my 40th birthday trip being ruined by the early pandemic shutdowns. I'm sorry. But otherwise, I'm mad about the Royals, except Diana. She was done dirty. I think a lot of people have a lot of thoughts and interests in you know that whole family for a long period of time, and that's why this stuff comes up. Shereen says media is a big issue. This is why we're here to talk about headlines and media that always are crazy. There's, there's literally more than a dozen articles that are just called who is Christopher Boozy or who is Christopher Boozy in the Megan and Harry trailer? Who is Christopher Boozy on that Netflix trailer with Harry and Megan? You know, you, you try to hit the C, the SEO in, uh, in all of these topics. So you try to get in Harry, Megan, Netflix, Christopher Boozy, sometimes bought Sentinel. It's just wild to me. Just wild to me. And so, yeah, that's, that is why we're here to talk about things that are wild to me. More interested in the fall of the Snyderverse than this. Stay tuned for Casual Friday. Yeah, if you guys didn't see, there was a big Hollywood Reporter article that, that broke last night that uh, I jokingly said on Twitter. You could watch the pop culture media dissect and make into small chunks and then re-release and repurpose onto their own sites on my timeline, like in real time. Hollywood Reporter comes out and then an article on the first paragraph of the article comes out and then on the third and then another on the fifth. And then like, okay, awesome. This is interesting to watch. <laughs> uh, and Catherine Kay says, the only reason I'm interested, a little bit at least, we're all friends here. You can be interested in it. It's totally fine. Is because of Boozy, wasn't there a whole thing on whether he was paid or not? There was. There was. Boozy has continually said that I'm not a paid mercenary for the Amber Heards and the Meghan Markles of the world, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, um, well, none of that really passes the smell test. Uh, for how he's operating, but maybe he just likes to be in people's good graces that are famous. Don't know. Stephanie, I opened Netflix today, and it's the big advertised show now. I watch The Crown, but I won't watch that nonsense. I wonder if Netflix knows you watch The Crown, and you got a, a you got a special header that is just like, check this out. Check it out. Uh, Tanya says, they've always treated him like the spare. I, I think him is Harry in that sentence, right? I'm going to because his name, the name of his book coming is like called Despair. The Royals kill all stories they don't want out there, but we've seen every one of Harry's missteps. 
plus the stories about his quote-unquote real father. Yeah, I mean, there's there's rumors and innuendo all around, Harry. Certainly, I of the limited things I can recall are things like him wearing uniforms he shouldn't be in him being, I, I want to say, skinny dipping in like a Las Vegas pool, something like that. If I get de- details wrong, one, I, I don't care that much, but I'm, I'm, I am not as well-versed on this stuff as many of you might be. Kate says, for a couple who are supposedly desperate for privacy, understandable. Yes, keep private if you can. They keep doing things that suggest the opposite. Well, Netflix documentary is an interesting choice. Uh, and I do uh, at least understand from the various places that I looked at uh, before we started this episode uh, that there are some, you know, private type photos and video clips and things like that that they're including in the documentary. Uh, although it is a little bit interesting, like there that there is so much content. There apparently is like videos of them recording kind of Big Brother-esque confessionals into their phones. It's like, okay, it's interesting, right? Sometimes you can forget this, especially when you're watching a fictional movie, right? The, uh, the found footage movie, the, the Blair Witch Projects and the Cloverfields of the World that you've got a camera with you, you've got a cameraman with you, and, and that that gets lost in that process. But I often think about why is this getting taped? Like, why, why is this recorded? Right. When you think back to like Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard, which, of course, is also a nexus point for Christopher Buzzi. One of the things that was interesting is that they had so many of their conversations, their arguments, their marital fights on tape. Um, and honestly, I think that probably changed in part my perception of what happened uh, because they did. They were able to play the, the tapes the tell the world. Johnny thing was a big deal for me when I'm observing the trial. And they had an, a reason that was given was that they got this marriage counseling and they said to record these things because, uh, you know, things change in people's memories and it's useful to actually be able to potentially go back and do that. Now, obviously, it <coughs> was used as evidence in a court case, which is not really where you want your marital spats to be to be aired. Uh, but it was interesting and it made sense why those things were being recorded. M- mostly some of the recordings still didn't make sense. Uh, like the knife hotel recording, why is that being taped and things like that. So it's always interesting to see what is happening there. So when they have, you know, video confessionals, it's like, what? Okay, why? Things hadn't gone wrong yet, I'm told, when you're taping this. You know, those kinds of things are, are very interesting. Uh, Chris says, Boozy's so toxic, he gives himself a 7% rating on his own bot set and also clearly rigged. He is one of the more toxic personalities I have come across on Twitter and that is saying something if you've ever been on Twitter. Uh, Carolina Diaz says, good morning, not only in America, I am from Colombia, and they're just as fascinated there as here in America. Interesting. Thank you for that extra context, Carolina. I, um, or Carolina is probably the correct pronunciation. I apologize. I, uh, I'm interested in that, that there is a general fascination with the royal family in multiple, multiple countries. So thank you for sharing, definitely. Skew says, yeah, hoping Hogue can make some commentary about Hollywood media posting so much speculation about what James Gunn will do before it even happens. We will talk about that. It is almost certainly tomorrow's Casual Friday because it is a big article. Um, I will tell you as a preview, I think it's because there's a lot of people that are interested in what's going to happen with that. Uh, But definitely the Hollywood Reporter is essentially reporting early on what hasn't yet been even presented to the presidents of the studio. Uh, So we will get back to that. Promise that's going to be Casual Friday tomorrow uh be talking about 1100 viewers i think that's because in the premiere yesterday uh for virtual legality we set a record we had 1100 concurrent viewers on that which is uh very very cool uh so it proved to be a very popular episode and uh yes 
I think we're not going to do a Microsoft Activision episode if we do a virtual reality at all today, but who knows? There could be news breaking right this second that is going to be like, okay, all right, let's fire up the virtual reality machine. Brett, again, with a super chat, real question. You could interview one of the following and they had to be 100% honest. Would you choose Chris Boozy or Taylor Lorenz? I think I'd probably pick Taylor. And, and to be honest, that's because I, this is going to sound bad, right? I, I think Chris Boozy is essentially a, a nothing non-influential type person that while he accuses everyone on the internet of clout chasing, which I always find interesting, is is actually evidencing that kind of seeking of publicity and fame and importance and significance uh, in a way that I think is you know, honestly kind of depressing and sad, uh, but that doesn't actually have an impact on, on much of anything. Uh, Taylor Lorenz, as a seat at one of the more influential media outlets in America, the Washington Post, is, uh, I think, much more important of a story. Now, if I could get two, which is cheating, of course, your question, but I'd love to have Taylor and Kat Tenbarge at NBC News uh, talking 100% uh, truthfully about what, what it is that they want to convey, what it is that they want to report, you know, what kind of actual decision-making they make, deciding how to report what they're reporting, whether they are uh, actually truth-telling when they report these things or whether they understand that there's certain agenda driving uh, this kind of stuff. I would love to have that conversation um, because I think I think there's a good conversation to be had. Hey, Taylor Lorenz, Kat Tenbarge, you want to come on here? You speak your piece. You can go look at the other interviews I've done with journalists. I'm always happy to, to, to hear what you have to say. Uh, but yeah, I think I'd go that direction over Christopher Boozy because I think Christopher Boozy um, just isn't that important, which is why we're having a video on him. <laughs> Thank you for the super chat, Britt. Oh my goodness. Uh, lots of chatting going on. Brett, you got it. You, three super chats. You got it. All right. Hold on. Uh, I don't want anybody going broke watching, uh, watching my silly hangouts and headline show. Uh, Britt proof that CERN created alternate reality. Nintendo is going to have call of duty. No one else had that on the Lifetime bingo card. What's interesting is Nintendo had Call of Duty about a decade ago, and then Activision pulled it away from them. Uh, and apparently places like the New York Times forgot about that. I, if you're interested in any really funny bit, uh, go check out yesterday's video, even if you don't care about Microsoft and Nintendo. And there's a section where New York Times calls Nintendo like the family-friendly uh, video game platform that would be very unusual to have Call of Duty. <laughs> so as a... As a uh, as an example of the wrongness of that kind of uh, description, I go into the Nintendo store and I, I pull up all of their mature titles, of which there are 1,500 on the Switch in its first five years. And I just start reading off names of, uh, well, of mature games on the Nintendo Switch system. So if you, if you want to hear uh, me just talk as uh, happily as possible about various, uh, what did I call them? Japanese cartoon girl games and weed craft and everything else. Uh, it is a section I'm told is rather humorous. Uh, so you can check that out. But uh, yeah, Nintendo, Nintendo is funny. And, and this stuff that Microsoft is doing is equally funny as they try to fight for their deal. Uh, so uh, thank you for that, Britt. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Casual Friday spoilers, lol. Yeah, you know, Friday is tomorrow. This is, it's all, you got to pace this stuff out, right? Uh, so yeah, casual Friday will be fun, but we're, I think we're almost certainly going to talk about the, the Hollywood Reporter and the DC uh, comic book stuff because it is funny. 
what else we got here? Maybe we'll just turn over to the headlines. I'm not seeing anything specifically aimed at me. So it's about that time, as a matter of fact, to talk about headlines. So let's do it. Let's have some fun. That's not the right. What is that even? We need, we need to make sure everybody can read this. So first and foremost, if you aren't familiar with this, Harry and Meghan, uh, I think the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. That sounds right. Um, and I believe they still held their titles after they left the royal family. They decided that they were going to release a Netflix documentary. Uh, and three episodes of it launched this morning at 3 a.m. here in Eastern Time. Uh, and three episodes are coming, I believe, next week. I think that's right. And um, basically, the trailers were intended to convey a certain amount of explosiveness. We'll see certain places report on the fact that this is going to take down the royal family and there's going to be a huge rift between the brothers, William and Harry and all this stuff. Uh, the Guardian goes in and has a summary that matched up with largely what I was hearing from various places. So we're just going to read this so that we understand what it is that we're even talking about. Uh, and then we're going to go and, and bounce back and talk about the, the Christopher Boozy question. And I'm also going to end this poll. 80% of you don't want to watch this. You aren't interested in it. Hopefully we can still make it entertaining to talk about. So what did we learn from the first three episodes of Harry and Meghan, asks the Guardian of itself. The much-touted first chapter of the Netflix Harry and Meghan documentary was lacking in any new blockbuster revelations over the three hours and broadly steered clear of overt criticism of the royal family with much more of a focus on Harry's distrustful relationship with the media and Meghan's surprise at the strength of interest in her and reaction to her. Very much a one-sided PR effort with no critical or dissenting voices about the couple's behavior or any tough questioning. Prince Harry said that the royal family was full of unconscious bias over race issues and was sometimes part of the problem rather than part of the solution over racism. Episode one featured many of Harry's negative experiences of the media growing up, recounting his experiences with his mother of press intrusion and the aftermath of her death when instead of being able to grieve, he was put on public display as part of the royal family. Meghan discussed the breakdown of her relationship with her father as her wedding to Harry approached and the two discussed how they had to develop their relationship in secret to avoid the glare of the media. She revealed that she had thought Harry was joking when he checked she knew how to curtsy before meeting the late Queen Elizabeth II for the first time. In fairness, I don't know how to curtsy. How do you explain to someone you bow to your grandmother, he said. On several occasions, Meghan discussed how scared she felt with the attention, which was intrusive, while she was still living in Toronto and working on Suits. Uh, not as a tailor, she was on a show called Suits. Meghan said, I would uh, to say to the police, if any other woman in Toronto right now said to you, I have six grown men who are sleeping in their cars around my house and following me everywhere that I go, and I feel scared, wouldn't you say that it was stalking? Caroline Davies has a report on the documentary here. There's another report on Guardian. We're not going to, you can link to any of this that you want, uh, and I guess I will see you the same time, same place next week for the next three episodes, which will presumably cover in more depth the post-wedding falling out with the family and the couple's decision to step back from royal life. So basically what it sounds like Netflix did here is that they have a documentary series with a certain amount of what we might charitably describe as uninteresting parts, uh, and then the parts where all of the breakdown happens. Uh, and so what they did was they split it right at the root and say all the stuff that you probably are interested in from the trailers, which is the kind of infighting and the problems with the royal family, and what might be overt criticism, or it might not be, is coming next week. So here's the prelude. And that's that's the situation. Here we have some photos. Uh, as we look at this, but that isn't stopping people from looking at every single corner of this documentary. So as I said, this clip 
It's about hatred. It's about race. We'll be back for that. Don't worry. Is of Christopher Boozy in the second version of the trailer. I believe it's trailer number two uh, for the Harry and Meghan documentary, which I have to admit, every time I, I go searching for what the title of this documentary is and I come up with Harry and Meghan, it makes me sad for creativity. Uh, but this Harry and Meghan documentary, people said, who is, who is that? Who is this guy? And apparently everybody went looking. So here's the express. And like I said, when we started this episode, we're going to take this kind of in order. We're going to look at how you can report on this as neutrally as possible, give or take, uh, and then all the way out to, well, uh, its own level of, of, of craziness. So, so here's the express and maybe some of you in Britain or some of you familiar with these outlets uh, know uh, these, these various places. Express basically goes and says, who is this? <clears throat> Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are once again speaking out about their experiences within the royal family, but this time in a form of a Netflix documentary. This once again is doing some work, by the way. There has been plenty of controversy surrounding the couple with Princess Diana's youngest son giving up his royal title after how his wife was treated. Now, I, I don't, did he give up his title? I, they keep referring to them as the Sussexes. You might know better than I am. Uh, this documentary will show not only their perspective on what happened, but how some of their other family friends and those on the outside looking in perceived events. Who is Christopher Boozy? Christopher Boozy is the founder and CEO of Bot Sentinel, a data company that researches online abuse, ostensibly, certainly what they claim to do. He has previously shown public support for the former Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Are they former? Okay. And will be starring in the Netflix documentary. In the newly released trailer, Boozy is seen saying, it's about hatred and it's about race. Now, if you're at all familiar with Boozy's travails on social media, whether it's about me or any of my colleagues on YouTube or anything else that you might have seen vis-a-vis Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, you know that it is particularly apt to have Christopher Boozy as the messenger saying it's about hatred, it's about race, because I have no doubt that that is true. Uh, but I think a lot of that is stemming from Mr. Boozy's own predilections and toxicity. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. Boozy addressed his appearance in the docuseries on Twitter, expressing his gratitude towards those at his company. Here we get into the reporting <laughs> at headlines, right? So I don't know if they still have their titles. Hmm, we'll see. And then it's they interpret his statement here as expressing gratitude towards those at his company. We're pretty sure Bot Sentinel is basically just Christopher Boozy. It might have some other people working at it, but he's definitely not thanking the people at Bot Sentinel when he says, <clears throat> I want to thank everyone who has supported Bot Sentinel's research and allowed us to expose the targeted hate campaign against Harry and Meghan. He's talking about people on Twitter or people that donate to Bot Sentinel as a project. Boozy's crowdfunded company, and I always find that interesting, right? We just finished looking at a Guardian article that has like giant requests for money in it, uh, right? Yeah, make a year-end gift to the Guardian. And yet you still have this kind of sectioning off of crowdfunded, has looked into online trolling and harassment towards Mrs. Markle prior to working on the show. And I think my favorite part about Boozy's stories, especially for people that don't really follow him, is how easy it is to say, oh, well, I mean, he has looked into doing some trolling and harassment. Oh, you mean he's looked into what uh, online harassment and trolling is, is out on the outside, not, not, his own, not his own account. The results that Bot Sentinel found indicate that the abuse is unfortunately coming from a handful of relentless individuals. BuzzFeed reported, wait a minute, hold on, Express. You're reporting on what BuzzFeed reports about a Bot Sentinel report. We're really far afield here. 
The Bot Sentinel's report from last year found that around 70% of the abuse Megan received online came from just 83 Twitter accounts. Boozy will be discussing the company's findings as well as giving his own take on what happened with the former senior royals. How do we know? How do we know what in the world Christopher Boozy is going to say on what appears to be part two of this documentary series? This is the neutral one, folks. <laughs> this is what I'm using as an example of kind of benefit of the doubt. Who is Christopher Boozy? He runs a place called Bot Sentinel and some other outlet, BuzzFeed, said he found some stuff about Meghan Markle. That's our starting point. How are we doing so far, people in chat? Have we, have we lost the thread already on just the first article? Uh, I know you have a lot of thoughts on these things. Calista says titles are officially weird. Uh, Her Royal Highness is a separate title from Duke. Maybe? He gave up, oh, His Royal Highness. Uh, His Royal Highness title, or HRH. Uh, yeah, I don't, man, I don't know. <laughs> I really sincerely don't know, but certainly from some of the other stuff that this particular article says, I'm not uh, so convinced that they have a high level of attention to detail. Um, Kate says, I did feel sorry for him not getting to wear his uniform. We did see pictures of that at the funeral procession here and that much at least, but the rest, it's the hypocrisy that gets me. And there's a lot of it. Uh, honestly, I definitely strongly dislike Boozy compared to Megan and Harry. I haven't really seen anything close to his vitriol from them. Yeah, I don't, I, I think that's probably right. I have no real feelings about Harry and Meghan, uh, and I have strong feelings about Christopher Boozy. Some of that is because I have entered into his orbit. Uh, but uh, it is uh, it is interesting when, rhetorically, I'll just say this from kind of an optics perspective, uh, if I am neutral towards Harry and Meghan, seeing Christopher Boozy <clears throat> as kind of a defender of theirs on a PR stunt-type documentary that is built for them, right? It's not asking the tough questions. It is built to kind of massage their image in public. It is done by them. It is for them. Uh, and having Christopher Boozy on that uh, does either suggest to me a lack in judgment or that they're okay uh, with that level of kind of toxic defense. Britt, did the fact check. While you were correct, it was on Nintendo. It was the Nintendo DS. It was the Wii U, wasn't it? I think they had a copy on the Wii U. If you do not have a Call of Duty lobby chat in your ear, is it really Call of Duty or just some diminished thing? I mean, it's like Moonlight versus Sunlight. I believe they had Call of Duty on the Wii U. Um, but you can check me on that, certainly. Uh, yes, it is certainly an interesting mix between Call of Duty and Nintendo. Thank you so much for the super chat. I really appreciate the support, Brett. Honestly, I very much do. All right, so that's the Express. <clears throat> this is our baseline. We got some mistakes in understanding tweets. We got some pretty quick reporting, um, and that's going to continue kind of across what we're about to show, right? Here's the Liverpool Echo, which I have to believe covers Liverpool. Uh, Harry and Meghan, who is Christopher Boozy in the Netflix series? You see, now that's, see, that's SEO. You got, you got them all in there. The Bot Sentinel founder has previously defended the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Uh, Netflix is set to release this thing. He branded the messages the couple received as part of a targeted hate campaign in a statement released when he joined the show. Uh, and he, they were going to report basically like we just read in the express, just kind of as minimal as possible. There's a bot sentinel. Here's the quote in the trailer. Here's the two tweets he made and he'll be following this thing. And then they referenced that express article because the express referenced Buzzfeed, which referenced Boozy's report, which of course is just basically Boozy's mindscape. And now we're seven levels removed from reality by the time we get to the Liverpool echo. <clears throat> then we have an outlet called Grazia. 
also indicated to be in the United Kingdom. Who is Christopher Boozy, the Harry and Meghan defender featuring in their bombshell documentary? We don't even know if it's a bombshell yet. <clears throat> Renee J says, seeing the real Meghan is like seeing the real Boozy. If you know, you know. Say, Renee doesn't believe Meghan or her outward persona. That is totally okay. I think you're allowed to have opinions on anybody that has any kind of uh, public uh, appearance. You're allowed to have opinions on me, certainly. Uh, and I, I've, I've been... I've been in the circle of uh, spotlight as well. It's not super fun, uh, but I, I I get where you're coming from, Renee J. Uh, this Sarah says they call up Diana's memory so often she played with the media in ways that weren't so common for royals at the time and seems to be beloved. Her son is doing the same. I have thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I, here, you want you want some compliments. Megan and Harry seem to be very media savvy, right? They, they've gotten Spotify on their side. They've gotten Netflix on their side and, and talking through these particular issues, they are able to put out a PR documentary, right? I think the Guardian is almost certainly correct, however you feel about them as a media outlet, that this is very unlikely to have hard questions or negativity. This is about them giving the image that they want to have. Even the trailer is like, hear the story from us. Okay. I don't find that to be a terribly useful way of, of learning about controversial issues. Uh, but I totally get if I'm sitting in that chair wanting to do that myself. And if you can get Netflix to pay for it, more power to you. Now, what does Grazia do here? Well, they do something similar to the Express and the Liverpool Echo. Uh, they go through the talking heads. They say, well, one is known to followers of Harry and Meghan's story. Jenna, Jenny Afia has defended the Sussexes against the bullying accusations leveled at Meghan. So this implies something that I didn't know, uh, which is apparently that Meghan is accused of being a bully. So this is interesting, right? When you talk about stories that you aren't familiar with, I think that journalists and outlets like this and a pardon for a number of these different pages have like ads just trying to fly in all over the place. Uh, a number of these things don't even realize when they assume that you have information on this stuff that uh, they're actually saying things when they make a sentence like this. Well, I didn't know that Megan had been accused of bullying people. I don't even know who we're talking about. Who would you bully uh, in that role? Uh, I guess the family itself, staff, palace people. I don't know. Uh, but that they have a defender on to say that Megan's not a bully, essentially. And then one, however, may be less known. Do you think that sticks in his craw? Do you think the fact that this is framed is like, but this guy that you've never heard of uh, is also on this trailer? I don't know. I don't know. Christopher Boozy features in the new trailer for the documentary saying it's about hatred. It's about race. Christopher has since confirmed he's in the documentary. Here are the tweets from Mr. Boozy. Christopher is a longtime supporter of Harry and Meghan. Many Sussex's fans tweeted him immediately to say thank you for appearing and defending the couple. So interesting, right? This is also framed as, well, he's already deeply invested. And he is, right? This is also a kind of subtextual acknowledgement of, yeah, this is to the extent that you're looking for truth value. This is an individual that's basically already compromised on this score, right? That he is someone that is deeply invested, whether you think that's just because he has uh, personal feelings about what's happening online or personal feelings in favor of Harry and Meghan or whether he's fully paid uh, for the kind of roles that he's taken on. It gets very unclear as to whether or not he is a paid contributor to uh, the Harry and Meghan campaign, what have you, because he continually changes uh, what role he's had with respect to these people. Uh, but he is described as being essentially a defender of theirs uh, we see them describe Bot Sentinel based on its own website, which I always find funny. We believe Twitter users should be able to engage in healthy online discourse without inauthentic accounts, toxic trolls, 
foreign countries and organized groups manipulating the conversation. And I will get that. I will have some examples of what Boozy's actually done in the past here. I'm not going to just be spouting on these things. Boozy's company produced a report on the trolling of Megan by bots, which he has spoken about on U.S. television. They actually went and uh, through Christopher Boozy's looks like Instagram page to find some of these articles. Uh, the presenter says the report about Megan uncovered over 300 accounts created specifically to spread hate about the Duchess of Sussex. They isolated 55 accounts that create original anti-Megan content that is amplified by 30 secondary accounts, which is then shared and retweeted by hundreds of others. I want to make this point very clear here. We've talked about it in Virtual Legality. We've talked about it in Hangouts and Headlines. You can go back and take a look at some of the reports on the YouTube stuff and on the Amber Heard stuff. The, the actual research acumen and level of... Uh, Scientific testing for the propositions that are raised in these bot sentinel reports are non-existent, right? However you might feel about Christopher Boozy, maybe he's your biggest friend. You just love him to death. Uh, the actual reports are, are based on nothing. Uh, they are error. Uh, and that is one of the reasons why he came after my colleagues so hard on YouTube was that we are in the business of analyzing documents and looking at stories and things like that. Uh, and well, uh, his, his don't hold up. And that that bothered him. So this is Grazia. So we're getting more editorial, right? We're getting more editorialized as we go along here. And we do have some super chats to pick up. Uh, if you do have questions, try to flag them with question or at Hoglaw or super chat uh, because uh, it is moving fast. I can't see everything. We have almost a thousand people uh, watching right now, which is very, very cool. A Mats, Megan had a staff of 14 to help her and she bullied them. The palace had a report come out months ago. All right, fair enough. Um, and to be fair, uh, in this particular kind of construction, it sounds like the Sussexes and the palace would be on opposite sides. So we can treat both with the grain of salt that that deserves. They're entirely biased in whatever statements they might have. Uh, and so the, the palace saying that they she, she bullied the staff is, is interesting. I would hate to see that from anybody, certainly somebody uh, of, of a royal title. Um, but she's saying that she didn't is, is something we would have to evaluate on, on a statement by statement basis. And I'm not doing that here, but... Um, yeah, that is interesting. But, but what's important from the media's perspective is I had no idea about this, right? I'm coming in neutral on this. And then you say that here's a defender of bullying accusations. I say, oh, wait, hold on. That's interesting. What bullying accusations? And thankfully, A. Matz comes in and explains this to me. Uh, and that is, that is an interesting part of storytelling, of journalism, of headline making. So I wanted to point that out that I didn't know that, right? Kelly says, I'm not saying she didn't bully anyone. I just don't believe everything written. I, I think that's probably pretty safe. Like I said, both sides have an incentive to, to frame the story as they would see it framed, right? Absolutely. Tiny Trifle says, that's fake news. The Buckingham Palace only investigated but said they handled it privately because they always keep silent on these matters. Problem is the, the report was never released, so one's left wondering. The Queen's comment on it was recollections may vary. I do remember that quote. I do remember a press release from the palace saying essentially, uh, yeah, no, with that recollections may vary stuff, but we're not getting into it because we don't we don't air our dirty laundry. Uh, this is this is a phrase that I wasn't familiar with um, before I, I looked into this stuff. And this is Lorraine says the bullying is still being investigated by the firm. Uh, I had never heard kind of the royal institution referred to as the firm before I started looking at this stuff, which I find funny. It is a little bit haughty and preposterous, but I, I find that amusing. Chris says it's hard to know because the press has published so many fake news articles about Harry and Meghan that it's impossible to know the truth either way, in my humble opinion. I can get that as well. I can definitely get that as well. 
Uh, Emily says, I just always wondered how much of the bullying was just them thinking that she was getting above her station or something. Hard to say, right? The one aspect of this that I don't think gets talked about enough. Um, and uh, th there is a lot in the documentary, apparently, again, reading through that kind of live tweeting uh, stream from The Guardian about race and, and racism is how much of it is race and how much of it is essentially cultural, right? There have been friction points between Americans and the British royal family a lot. There's a history of that. Uh, and so there is there is at least a a belief that one can have that says, well, Megan came in as an American and treated the thing as American. And so when she says, I don't even know I had to curtsy and all this kind of stuff, it's like, yeah, OK, well, if they are very formalistic and if that does matter to them, you can see the kind of bore in the China shop American thing not working with with a family like that very well. Uh, and then whatever you might want to ascribe to that is in some cases what you're bringing to the party, which does make Christopher Boozy a perfect kind of example of this because, well, he brings a lot to the party, a lot of his own predilections, prognostications, and projections. Now, here is the Times, which I'm led to believe is a real newspaper <laughs> in the United Kingdom that puts up this picture and my favorite caption of everything that I went through. <clears throat> Christopher Boozy set up a tech firm. I love it. I love this caption. So the Times goes out here and says, an American tech entrepreneur, which I think is pretty generous, who defends the Duchess of Sussex in her Netflix documentary once wrote that the Prince of Wales looks like a balding Muppet. Wait, hold on. Hang on. We seem to have flipped the script. That's right. The first three were about just talking about Christopher Boozy and generalities. What is about Sentinel? Giving credence to what he reported on BuzzFeed and Instagram and on various, very scary NBC news outlets and, and whatnot, we have now flipped over to, there is actually some real, what is this guy? And this is what I'm calling, you guys are going to get on me for this, but this is what I'm calling the kind of royalist newspaper section, because they are much more eager, seemingly, to go and take down some of the aspects of this documentary than some other places. So we got the times here. We're going to have the Daily Mail. We got some stuff. We got some stuff to talk about, which is one of the reasons I really wanted to do this video is like just looking at this from a headlines perspective. Let's look at all the headlines is super interesting. So the Times starts out by saying, who is Christopher Boozy? You're looking for this information in that Harry and Meghan Netflix trailer? Like all the SEO led to this question. Well, he's a guy that claims to be against toxicity, but called the Prince of Wales a balding Muppet. Christopher Boozy, who set up Bot Sentinel, Sentinel to combat disinformation and harassment online, appears in a trailer for the Harry and Meghan series. His company has previously researched the trolling and harassment of Meghan, highlighting racism and other derogatory comments made about her. Boozy, 47, has himself launched personal attacks on other members of the royal family, including comments about their appearance. Well, let's see what those actually are. And I want to give credit here to Amy Harrell on Twitter, who actually did uh, take a picture of this so that we can talk about it. We can do that fair use thing of commenting on what others are commenting on. And you see, this is the article that was in there. I apologize that you can't read it probably depending on the size of your screen. But trust me when I say I'm going to read this for you. I'm not going to make this stuff up on the fly. In March of last year, he wrote on Twitter, I'm sorry, but Prince William isn't sexy. That is quarantine thirst talking. William looks like a balding Muppet. It prompted other Twitter users to reply with insulting remarks about the future king. In October last year, Boozy made comments suggesting that William and his wife looked older than their years, comparing them unfavorably with the Sussexes. I'm sorry, but William and Kate look like Harry's aunt and uncle, he wrote. William and Kate are both 40, a year younger than Meghan, who is three years Harry's senior. In the same month, Boozy said that William and Kate were aging in banana years, 
and added, I don't understand why, since they have a team of people who wait on them hand and foot 24-7. Fousey later joked about how he got in trouble for commenting on their accelerated aging. This week, he reflected again on his banana years comment after it was picked up by a news website, but that has nothing to do with groups of Caucasian women participating in a four-year coordinated hate campaign against Meghan Markle, nor does it affect our research, he claimed. Shortly after the death of the Queen in September, Boozy criticized people who he claimed were trying to portray Meghan as some sort of harlot and wrote King Charles cheated on Diana and his mistress is now Queen Consort. All Meghan did was marry the man she loves while being black. Just stop. Boozy, who lives in New York, says he started coding on a Mattel Aquarius computer at the age of nine. He began his career as a computer service technician, according to his LinkedIn page, and founded several other firms before setting up Bot Sentinel. Yes, there are stories there. The company has produced three reports on abuse and comments shared on social media about the Duchess of Sussex. Boozy once told BuzzFeed that the impetus for the investigation came after he shared a favorable tweet about the Sussexes and then personally received hateful messages from anti-Megan accounts. His research revealed that 83 accounts were responsible for about 70% of the abuse of Harry and Meghan on Twitter. Boozy's full contribution to their Netflix series has not yet been revealed, which is better reporting than some of the other outlets we've seen that say what he's going to do, which we don't have any idea. He could be axed out of the documentary by the time we get to the next part. Uh, and he said that he had spent the past nine months preparing for this. In the trailer, he appears after Meghan's lawyer, Jenny Afia, who says there was a war against Meghan to suit other people's agenda. And then the camera switches to Boozy, who adds, it's about hatred. It's about race. So you start to see... These actual print newspapers of, of some kind of circulation start to return volley on this stuff, right? And, and Christopher Boozy is an interesting character because of that toxicity, because he is out there being as toxic as anybody that I have personally interacted with on Twitter. And that is a part of this story, uh, right? And you can see those tweets that are referenced here. I pulled up another Twitter user, a dot that actually shows when he's saying these things. So this isn't like decades ago. This is 2021. Uh, Prince William is a balding Muppet. Uh, they age in banana years, uh, right? Here's uh, uh, same energy as Trump. Chris Rabuzzi, if you don't know, is a very politically active Twitter user. Uh, and uh, you're criticizing Harry and Meghan that they had work done. There's nothing wrong with getting work done. I'm sorry, but William and Kate look like Harry and Harry's aunt and uncle. Uh, and there's other tweets that come out where he compares his own face to Williams, all sorts of stuff. He he is in the business of doing this kind of thing while calling out other people for having hate campaigns, right? This is Christopher Boozy. And, and you can see that writ large, right? If you don't know, Nate the Lawyer, who you might have seen on this channel, uh, is engaged in a fight with Christopher Boozy uh, that was generated by some stuff that honestly um, was beyond the pale. Uh, right. I tweeted out about it myself. He Christopher Boozy is constantly calling out Nate's race, who is also uh, black, also African-American uh, in this particular case. We see it here in just one example. Nate, because he's in a lawsuit with Christopher Boozy for defamation, has a 144 page report on uh, Christopher Boozy's social media interactions, the one that they could find because Christopher Boozy deletes a lot. Uh, but here's Christopher Boozy. Right. And these are his words. Right. I grew up with black men like Nathaniel Brody. Men like Nathaniel are not comfortable in their skin, so they go out of their way to prove they are different or better. He's the type that would insult black women so he could fit in with his Caucasian peers, right? It's about hatred. It's about race. I knew after his account was unlocked, he would continue attacking me because this was the most attention he had received in his entire life. It's also about projection. He desperately wants to be relevant, and he will go out of his way to prove I am one of you by attacking someone who looks like him. It's about hatred. It's about race. Nathaniel is insignificant, a nobody. It's about hatred. He is a YouTuber chasing clout by tweeting and making YouTube videos about me. I am concerned about the suspicious accounts associated with this group. 
that's that's me that's 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 youtube lawyers in general that are targeting women and journalists again you must be targeting because you're saying these various things and interestingly enough to follow up on this because mr boozy did delete so many of his tweets um well we're going to use a hangouts and headlines as a headline right headlineception that's me and me hi oh i'm doing it the wrong way hi uh on here uh but here's law and lumber uh with a tweet of his own talking about some of the issues uh, that Christopher Boozy had said. So Law and Lumber, who was also attacked by Christopher Boozy during this period of time uh, and who'd brought like speeding tickets up and accused him of being a criminal actor because of his speeding tickets, uh, says it took five minutes of some careful internet researching, but just trying to clear the record that Nathan the lawyer, Nate the lawyer is in fact a licensed attorney. Now, why is he saying that at all? It's because in this context, Christopher Boozy is saying, I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation for why we can't find him, Nate, Nate the lawyer, in a database where he claims he practices law, he might want to retain a real lawyer. While we wait on Nate the lawyer to locate his law license and links to his New York Times, Forbes, and NBC articles, I'll share my own. And you should, YouTube should really verify certain professionals' licenses before allowing them to claim they are doctors or lawyers. I can't tell if this guy is a legit lawyer or just a social media lawyer. Where does he advertise his services? And this escalates and escalates and escalates. It's the reason there's a defamation suit at all with comments about his race, calling him effectively an Uncle Tom and a race trader and all these various things. So when you hear somebody like Christopher Boozy in this context say it's about hatred, it's about race, I have no doubt that that is true. This is what he does. And so when I say I have no particularized feelings about Harry and Meghan, but I do have a visceral reaction to seeing Christopher Boozy at their defense, I mean it. And I'm happy people are looking into who he is Although I do think a lot of this stuff is very superficial. I like a neutral bit of journalism, but it has to be done with at least some notion of truth telling. And we don't exactly see truth telling, but we do see an escalation of this in various places in the United Kingdom journalistic scene, right? So here's the Daily Mail, which I will charitably describe as at least tabloid in orientation, right? We've seen Daily Mail stuff here in the headline space. I think we've done it in virtual legality a little bit as well. <clears throat> but they, they take this kind of almost deadline Hollywood type of approach. Everything is big. Everything is uh, exclamation points. This particular article, this particular article is about how the queen was devastated after the Oprah interview, right? And they talked to some, apparently royal commentator is a job. I guess people that just focus their careers on studying the royal family. And this royal commentator says, despite issuing a stoic response containing the now famous phrase, some recollections may vary and insisting that Harry, Meghan and Archie will always be much loved family members Ms. Tomini, this commentator, says the queen was devastated, bewildered, and disappointed, according to the people who knew her best. The royal expert also writes that the monarch repeatedly questioned why they were persisting in attacking the very institution that had given them so much. As Ms. Tomini cites a source as saying the late queen not only knew the Duke's health was failing, but also her own, it became clear that she was on borrowed time as she began to tie up loose ends. That's what made the Sussex's behavior doubly difficult to deal with. The timing could not have been more insensitive. Now, you might say, hey, Rick, why are we talking about this? Well, it's because the Daily Mail takes this as the starting point rhetorically in their headlines says this terrible thing that unfortunately we do have to comment on we can't check right this is a report of somebody that has unfortunately passed we can't check this kind of information and then ties that in to what the daily mail frames is a very bad thing this netflix documentary right in the new one minute preview the duke and duchess of sussex lash out at the hierarchy of the family, claim insiders leaked and planted stories about them, describe royal life as a dirty game, and then after footage of Princess Diana and Kate being hounded by photographers, talk about the pain and suffering 
of women marrying into this institution. The teaser will no doubt horrify courtiers bracing for further allegations that are likely to widen the rift between the Sussexes and the Waleses. That's, that's Harry and Meghan on the one side and William and Kate on the other, if I'm understanding correctly. Speaking to Mail Online, royal author Richard Fitzwilliams speculated that the effects of the Netflix docuseries will be felt for years to come. This is a full frontal, extremely destructive attack on the royal family, the institution, as well as members of those households. Seems a little overwrought to me, but maybe. I think this will widen the rift between the brothers. There is no doubt that this Netflix series is an amazing act of revenge designed to weaken the very institution that William will inherit as future king. What exactly is it that they have to say that we haven't heard before? And then, because again, we're going down this kind of sequence of things, Daily Mail starts to describe the trailer and gets to this SEO name right now. During the teaser, Bot Sentinel founder Christopher Buzzi is heard claiming that the couple's experience has been about hatred, about race, as a strikingly intimate and previously unseen clip flashes up of an exasperated Harry holding a hand to his face as Meghan passes behind him while heavily pregnant with their daughter, Lily. And then the Daily Mail frames the very release of the documentary as somehow offensive. Today, the streaming giant confirmed volume one will launch on December 8th, exactly three months after the death of Harry's grandmother, Queen Elizabeth II, while the second volume will be released on December 15th, clashing with the Princess of Wales carol service. Kate's doing Christmas carols, sounds like, I think. And maybe it does clash with that. In any event, it is it is interesting to see, right? And this isn't ostensibly about Boozy, but it does include his name as somebody that isn't otherwise known. It does get that SEO out there. And you can see the framing of some of the British media. So again, I, I am on... Uh, I am on Prince Harry's side to some extent, regardless of you know whether or not the specifics there match. That the British media, uh, they 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 talk about the royals in some pretty significant fashions, and going further than that. And this was actually linked by Nate the lawyer. This isn't my kind of journalism, but I think it is worth pointing out how this stuff is also going down. Here's a place called the Steeple Times, which looks a little bit more like a blog to me than a journalistic outlet. It says bombastic boozy and noxious Netflix. Christopher Boozy should be canceled. Well, that's an interesting headline. Here's the shot of Christopher Boozy. And then you get some, some alliteration here. As fake news muck spreader Christopher Boozy appears in Netflix's Harry and Meghan trailer, we remind readers of what a noxious, nasty, this reprehensible rubber-lipped rotter truly is. I have no idea if I just swore in British English there, so I apologize if I did. Uh, but this is kind of what's also out there, right? Rubber-lipped rotter Christopher Boozy is best known to the readers of the Steeple Times as the bullying braggart who has spent much of the last year attempting to cancel the wonderful Welsh warbler Sadie Quinlan. Now, though, this noxious nitwick is having his 10 seconds of fame after the Duke and Duchess of Sussex included him in their second trailer for Harry and Meghan. Better known as the online sensation Yankee Wally, Quinlan provided entertainment to millions with her YouTube video missives where she shared her thoughts on the money-motivated menace formerly known as Meghan Markle. So if you're Christopher Boozy, one of the things that you're saying about sites like this is that they're essentially Meghan haters, right? And that Christopher Boozy gets dragged into this particular conversation. You see that from money-motivated menace. I Again, I personally have no particular feelings on Prince Harry or Meghan Markle, but you can see that there is this out there. And it's undoubtedly the case that Christopher Boozy would frame this as you know, a hate campaign. Now, that's always been problematic because people can have negative opinions about one another and not be interested in, you know, targeted harassment or whatever you want to frame it as. But here, certainly this article goes a bit far for my liking. Founder of the Bag of Bilge that is the Bot, the bot Sentinel founder, 
probably just bought Sentinel, says founder twice there, pompously took to social media to declare that he can announce that he's a part of this. And no doubt Christopher Boozy's dirty games will continue thereafter. And then this has a whole sequence of tweets with little captions that talk about exactly what he is as part of this trailer, right? And use some of the things that we've seen. Here's the Muppets trailer. There's a hierarchy in the family, says the trailer. He's talking about this person by the name of Yankee Wally, who apparently was one of those uh, that had a YouTube channel that was taken down. You see him kind of in a gloating posture here. Yankee Wally is supposedly in the hospital, but she's active on something called Getter. I imagine a social media timeline. Soon she'll be asking her viewers. Sorry, I forgot she doesn't have a YouTube channel anymore. Soon she'll be asking her followers for financial support. This is what he does. He crows about things. He crowed about various bans and suspensions on YouTube uh, regarding some of my colleagues and things like that. <clears throat> this is also highlighting uh, the uh, uh, aging in banana years tweet uh, from this particular place. William is 39. I'm 46. He's very obsessed with race and looks and appearance. Uh, and well, you know, honestly, hatred. So these are the various things that are going on out there. But the, the most interesting thing to me, the reason I wanted to cover this in headlines, is that you do have people asking these questions. They are covered in just a host of spots everywhere, right? And that is in and of itself interesting. And I do see some people saying that uh, the, uh, the the overwrought uh, writing here is, is British humor. Uh, very possible. Look, I'm not going to pretend to know exactly what like this author is thinking when he writes this way, uh, but it is it is funny. It reminds me very much of Deadline Hollywood. If you've ever read some of their stories, and I think we've done that in headlines here, they write in this kind of alliterative, punctuated way uh, to try to make points and, and to be funny about it. Uh, so we can give them that. Uh, it's not the way I would write articles, but it is showing that there's a lot of coverage of both Harry and Meghan, this Netflix documentary, and Christopher Boozy, and in the different ways in which it's being handled, because, well, he does a lot of stuff. Lorraine says everything Boozy does is asking for money. Yeah, he generally does. I think he's working on trying to build a Twitter competitor right now. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Olivia Green says that was strong words for British English. Beautiful use of the English language. Love it. Chris says William looks okay for his age. Agree. What if you didn't look? That particular picture is like airbrushed all the heck. I, you know, it, it's fine. It's fine. He, it's clearly very important to Mr. Boozy. He's very concerned about his looks. I suspect there's a certain amount of insecurity there. Say okay. We all have our hangups, right? Uh, but it is bad, I think, to take those hangups and, and make them attack vectors for other people uh, on the internet. That's just my feelings on this. <clears throat> Brenda Lee says, wait, hold on, facts. For all their talk about wanting privacy, presumably the Sussex is here, they sure do like to give interviews. Funny how they were very few palace leaks prior to Harry dating Megan. Hmm, emoji. A lot of people have a lot of feelings on this topic. I knew chat would have feelings on this topic. So we've gone through the headlines I wanted to go through. What are your thoughts on this entire thing? What are your thoughts on Harry and Meghan having a Netflix documentary? We'll hang out for a few more minutes, then we'll wish each other well on a wonderful Thursday. Uh, but what are you thinking? What do you think about the various ways in which this is reported? Do you think Boozy's going to be in part two? What do you think he's going to say? Do you think it reflects poorly on the Sussexes to have him as a defender when we've seen him operate in very negative ways, very toxic ways uh, online? And you can look at my Twitter timeline if you're interested and probably just look up Boozy. Uh, to see my thoughts on any of the number of things that happened this summer. Just a very toxic presence. Um, <laughs> Renee J. So Boozy thinks he's a bigger catch than William. Again, I think he's hung up on appearance. I think everybody understands that the future King of England, probably a better catch than a guy running, you know, a, a, an ostensible bot detector in his, in his basement. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think he's just, he's just hung up on it. 
What I dislike about the whole royal family versus the Sussex issue, the brothers seem to have fallen out, but media and social media focus on the ladies. It's a family feud that everyone is making money off of. That's true, right? Those articles exist to get clicks. Um, I don't know who they're focusing on mostly. Certainly to the extent that brothers in a family, any family, uh, you know, wind up disassociated in a significant way. That, that, that always feels bad to me. Uh, you know, I feel very close to my brother. He's an important part of my life. And that, uh, that sucks if that happens, uh, especially if it happens because of stuff that you can't control on one side or the other. Um, I, I don't know the, the specifics there, but it does. It's, 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 it's a fair point uh, to comment on. Chris says he, presumably Chris Rabuzi, should try, be second, try being second in line to the throne of England for a day. It's super stressful. He would not cope at all. There is a notion there, right? You say, okay, well, you look older than I do. Um, yeah, I think he probably has more things to, to concern himself with. Uh, then Christopher Boozy, who can do whatever he likes, say whatever he wants, get on various news media outlets and quoted in reports um, based on effectively nothing. Poor research, poorly thought out, poorly described, uh, and a mechanism, if you don't know, where they don't detect bots. They say they can't detect bots. Uh, they just have essentially Christopher Boozy deciding who's good and bad, like Santa, uh, and then having the algorithm shoot out who's good and bad according to his own rubrics. He, he described this on Twitter specifically, and it's also on the, the facts uh, of bot sentinel we don't look for bots false advertising i don't know uh, but we don't look for bots we can't look for bots there are certain good bots so bot sentinel is just a name and we look for things that are good or bad and we make this decision <clears throat> i love matthew steeple for this we get he doesn't like boozy laughing emoji there you go i'm not the entirety of the market right i'm not the entirety of the market on these things and like i said nate the lawyer actually linked that so he, he put that out there as well uh, and certainly that individual, Matthew Steeple, is very, uh, very anti-Christopher Boozy, as am I. I reckon William and Kate look good for their ages and without obvious plastic surgery or other cosmetic procedures. This is, are you trying to are you trying to make me bring up Simon Cowell pictures? Is that is the goal to see if you can get me to bring up the Simon Cowell stuff? I do see things on the Internet, folks. People send me all manner of headlines and I could not figure out how. Who in the world is Simon Cowell and why does he look like that was a headline that I could do a full episode on. I just really don't think that I could, but I did get your DMs, folks. I did. <laughs> I've never heard of Steeple Times, neither have I. Reads to me more like a blog type thing. It's not The Guardian or, or these other big ones, but we don't have to just depend on masthead media uh, for our news, certainly. Uh, uh, th that was definitely a weird flex bro moment. I don't know which one we're talking about, but Chris Rabuzzi might as well be titled Weird Flex Bro Moments. Uh, so absolutely. <laughs> we got lots of people commenting on William and Kate and Harry and Megan. Harry and Megan is on Netflix now. Yeah, we were just talking about the summaries. Now, the first half is the first three episodes, not the second three episodes. And it does seem like the second three episodes are where the falling out is and what people are probably more interested in uh, than you know the, the baby pictures and walkthroughs of old schools and things. But we'll see. Shireen says William and Kate were in my neighborhood a few weeks ago. They look good. Handsome couple. Would not question their attractiveness. Like I said, who would on social media? Who, who would do something like that? I look so awesome. Okay. Fantastic, my man. I'm glad you feel confident about yourself. But probably based on the fact that you have to send this message out, you don't. So now I don't feel bad. No, no. We're just, we're just stuck in a gray area. <laughs> Hang-ups and hair. It'll be the follow-up. Right. I'll do a, I'll do a, a hair and hangups. We'll just talk about social media personalities. Every other episode will be about Christopher Boozy and I won't wear a hat at any point. 
uh, and, and we'll call it Hangups and Hair. Uh, it'll be the sister series. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Kelly, I don't agree with that. Don't know. Don't know what you're talking about, Kelly. Happy to happy to reflect on on whatever that might be. Um, we've got people talking about Palace League, so it's probably that conversation in the chat. <clears throat> Kadar CB, Mr. Boozy, constantly behaving the exact way he's supposedly fighting against is disgusting. He desperately needs a mirror in response to almost everything he tweets. It is remarkable. The reason I find him fascinating is because, because he's either completely blind to the fact that virtually everything he says is toxic in some form. It is insulting to someone. It is trying to lift up himself or aggrandize his company at the expense of another person. Almost every interaction I've had with him has been of that ilk. And I do have people DMing me his tweets because I've long since been blocked for criticizing his attitude and what he's doing online. And I think that is potentially the, the scariest thing about it is he does find these platforms. He does get on a Netflix documentary. He does talk to the Washington Post. He is treated like an expert in something when he's clearly not. And no one, till you get to like the Steeple Times and now the Times uh, in, in the newspaper section in, in the UK, has really gone too in-depthfully and looked at it and said, um, this guy is a troll. I mean, this guy is the toxicity. Okay, maybe he can recognize it because he is the purveyor of it. Uh, and I think that is dangerous, right? It is dangerous to hand over your judgment or to hand over expertise and report on things credulously as true uh, when they don't have that background. And, and I started out my interactions with Mr. Boozy when I was seeing a bunch of articles about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and they were reporting on his uh, analysis of toxicity online with respect to those things in a way that didn't make much sense to me. And so that led to a hangouts and headlines where I go through the report and I said, well, this isn't anything, right? This doesn't have any kind of scientific analysis. This doesn't have any statistical understanding. It doesn't set denominators to evaluate what your numerators are doing. It doesn't do any of the things you would expect to need to actually make the assertions that it's willing to make. And the journalists on this type of stuff, they just don't do their homework. And so that's one of the reasons Hangouts and Headlines exist is to say, okay, we need to actually analyze this stuff. Say, okay, it's interesting that you have said that. Let's see the data. Let's see how it is that you're operating. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Can you justify this? Can you justify that? Instead of just 83 accounts, says it's this, says it's this. Yeah, you get legal coverage from just saying he says it's this. This report says this. You're not liable for that kind of thing, but you can do a better job of actually expressing the truth to people if that is of interest to you as a journalist. I don't know. Uh, but that is how I came into my orbit. And, you know, Ian Runkel goes over it. Runkel of the Bailey, he comes onto my show. We go over the report. I think that one was the one based on YouTube stuff, I, I believe. Uh, we talk about that. Then Mr. Boozy goes crazy uh, and puts out all these tweets about how YouTube lawyers are analyzing their report and they don't know what they're talking about and things like that. And it's, it's very defensive. It's very projection oriented. Uh, but he clearly has uh, some level of power or authority or coverage at various of these platforms and it aims at people and gets them banned and suspended. And that's that's interesting. Uh, but yeah, I think you have to at least try to be truthful and understand who these people are before you report on what it is that they are saying. <laughs> Mantha Johnny says, I'm so over boozy. Bye-bye already. Yeah. Alexander Reed, boozy is the aggro tank. He doesn't shield people. He shouts really loudly and then everyone wants to hit him uh, more than the people he defends. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I, that's fair. That's that's fair. You could claim that he is so toxic and horrible that it distracts 
from people that might otherwise be wanting to attack uh, who he claims to defend, Meghan Markle and Amber Heard for the most part. Maybe. Point about Boozy is that people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And says it seems contradictory, privacy versus documentary. And I'm really interested on if he's in the second part and what he has to say. Yeah, we'll see what he has to say. We'll see what he says. I assume it's going to be a short segment where he reports on all these people that hate Megan and, and they're using the platforms. He might throw in some, the platforms are incentivizing that hatred. Would be my guess uh, about what he's going to say. Now, I will say, I think there's a distinction between, I think the, the, the criticism of, well, why do they go and do these documentaries and Spotify things is perhaps... Um, warranted on some regards i think it tends to go too far from what i have seen because i do think there is a difference between i am hounded by people that i don't want in my life that are taking photos of me when i don't want it and x y and z and i want to release this part uh to spotify or i want to release this part to netflix now of course that's totally controlled it's a public relations campaign that's fine but i do think there is a distinction between i want my privacy um and uh, I want to give information to a documentary. And I think that distinction is essentially, I want to be able to control my story. Uh, and whether or not you think that's right or not, I think we can have that discussion. I don't think it's hypocritical necessarily to say I want to control that story. Calista says, after watching the Amber Heard trial and how the media is covering it, having Boozy in their documentary makes me more likely to believe the Megan haters. Boozy is a bad look. Calista, I think I'm right there with you. Um, I am pretty neutral on this. I don't follow the Royals uh, as much as some, but I am right there with, if Boozy appears on your behalf, I tend to disbelieve whatever your behalf is um, because I've seen him operate. <clears throat> uh, and a lot of people have a lot more comments on this. I love it. Uh, Sharon says, I think the general public for the most part knows nothing about Boozy, so they will more than likely just believe what he says. We know not to trust him. I think that's right. I think that's the difficulty with giving that a platform kind of without going through and, and background checking and having that discussion as well. Uh, like I, I said, uh, the the Pepsi Jet documentary pretty much just allows Michael Avenatti to say things about the case and what he was thinking there. They do mention that he's on house arrest for multiple accounts of fraud. He just got more fraud charges and sentencing in the last week. But they treat it still as if he is a truth teller on this stuff. And uh, that just doesn't fly for me. Lorraine says the brothers were very close up until Megan came along. Harry is not blameless. Again, to the extent that any of that is true, it just makes me sad. I, I don't I don't like to see that. I don't like to see families dissolve like that. Stephanie says, can't help it. I don't like them. They left claiming they want a normal life. All they do is Netflix documentaries and Oprah interviews and a podcast. They want royal fame and money without royal duties. Maybe. I think, I think that could be. And so I don't blame anybody for looking at this in a particular way. Certainly, uh, William is going to be an actual king one day. Boozy is lost. <laughs> I'd refuse to eat any of the royals. Okay. Interesting. I'll take that under advisement, Z Black Rider. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bad not getting any presents this year, says Shireen, on the good and bad boozy list. <laughs> H, 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 and H, hoags, hangups, hangouts, and headlines. And then we just throw in hairlines, right? We, we get we, How many H's can we get in a row for the title of this show? We can get a few, I think. Guru for Hire says, I think whether boozy hurts the Sussexes depends on what comes out in Discovery and Nate's lawsuit. Maybe. I think that's still well a ways away. Um, and I think still has to survive the motion to dismiss. So we'll see how that looks. Defamation is a tough case to bring. <coughs> Flit, I haven't seen anything of Simon Cowell for about 15 years. Does he look identical in a plastic sort of way? No. 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 This, this wasn't worthy of headlines, but he looks very different. He looks very different. <laughs> uh, it is a joke. 
Boozy is in the docuseries. Surely there are more credible people to feature. You would think. You would think that there is virtually everybody on planet Earth more credible than Christopher Boozy. Aaron says you can snark on Simon Cowell as much as you want. I don't like to snark on people. Clearly something happened with his face. I feel bad. I don't I don't know what occurred there, but he, he doesn't look like himself, certainly. I'm not Christopher Boozy. I don't appearance. I No, you go find your bliss, but uh, you do look different, sir. <laughs> you do. You do look different. <clears throat> uh, Alexander says, honestly, I have plenty of family members I don't like. If I felt I was being publicly attacked to them, I would clap back viciously. Being family doesn't give you a free pass for me. I don't blame you for saying that it doesn't give a free pass. I still think observing the the kind of tumble down can feel sad. I, I'm not saying anybody isn't justified in doing what they're doing. I don't know enough. That's just that's just to be frank. I don't know enough about the specifics. I don't know about the, the actual things that would have happened behind closed doors. Uh, but I can still feel sad about if they were close and now they're not close and everything is kind of justified and it makes sense for them to behave the way they're behaving. I'm an optimist. I'd prefer things to always be working out well. This whole stream is probably blocked on Boozy's Twitter. If you're not blocked, not sure what you're doing out there. Every Everybody in the chat? Okay, we have 1,057 people in the chat. I know that uh, EDB did this once. Maybe you do, maybe you don't know. But are you blocked by Boozy? Should be a good, good, good bit of merchandising. You get sued for name and likeness rights, right? <laughs> uh so there's, there's a thousand people in the chat right now. Uh, and I'm asking specifically about Twitter or any other social media that you might be uh, on. I think if you follow me, you got auto-blocked. So it's probably should apply here. <laughs> um, uh, has anyone tracked down Boozy's education experience? Is Bot Sentinel really just a guy says? Um, so it's definitely using some code. Uh, but he has himself described that the, the data he feeds into it is his evaluations of what is toxic or disruptive or problematic. Uh, that there's no good way to teach that without essentially making judgments on his own. And so he is deciding who is naughty and who is nice. And then he's teaching the robot to detect who Christopher Boozy thinks is naughty or nice. <clears throat> it's as if people like Christopher Boozy and Michelle Dauber think they can say whatever the heck they like and as toxic as they like with no repercussions. Yeah, I, it's possible, right? You can certainly talk to a certain amount of myopicness, potentially, as I believe I'm fighting the good fight, and so I can fight it with uh, whatever weapons are at my disposal. Problem is, is some of the other people on the other side think they're fighting the good fight as well, and all you wind up getting is a toxic maelstrom, uh, right? Reasonable minds can differ. We can have discussions with actual due discourse. That's what we believe in here. That's what this channel is about. Uh, and so I have no doubt that to some extent, folks like Michelle Dauber, folks like Christopher Boozy think that they're in the right and they're fighting righteous causes. That said, it still doesn't do anything good for the discourse. It still doesn't do anything good for conversations. And I think we can see that writ large when we actually look at all of this happening. Boozy blocked, celebratory, and Catherine K emoji. <laughs> uh, statistical bad. I needed banana years at some point in my life. I was 24 and was asked if I was already 12 and offered a children's ticket. <laughs> well, you know, I'm older than I look, I'm told. So, uh, you know, hey, I, I get that. I, I, I get that. Uh, I've actually never heard the phrase banana years. I suppose it's the same kind of concept as dog years. And since a banana goes from, I mean, I guess he means after it's been 
removed from the banana tree, it goes and rots pretty quick. But I, I don't know. I mean, a banana as a fruit, does it have a different lifespan than other fruits uh, when it's actually still connected? I don't. So these are the questions that I don't understand, right? Your insults don't make any sense. Cat <laughs> uh, says, it's so funny that half the world knows Boozy is scummy. And the other half is like, wow, I just heard of this Boozy guy. I like him. I think depending on your entry point, you can think he's legitimate for at least a short time. And if you follow him, you'll you'll be disabused of that notion relatively quickly. Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of people don't know who he is and they're getting to know him. Catherine says, if you do features on celebrity news, it should be hangouts and hairlines. I'm never going to do that here, folks. And this is probably as close as you'll come to celebrity news or, or that kind of particular thing, because I did want to have this entry point to talk about Bot Sentinel a little bit. And I did find it fascinating how people were treating the documentary. Uh, but you don't have to worry. We're not going to change ourselves over to the Daily Mail or anything like that here. Olivia says, first live hangouts and headlines with you this week. Should have slept in on my day off here. But I've missed you guys. Heart emoji. Thanks for another fun stream. Differing opinions on the Royals, but boozy. Still terrible. Upside down face. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm not going to tell anybody how to feel about the Sussexes, the Waleses, the Royals. That is not my place. So you are free to have those particular opinions however you like. I'm just saying that Christopher Boozy appearing on the Sussexes' behalf makes me less likely to trust them. Alexander says, honestly, at some level, I don't treat, care what Boozy's education is. The reports speak for themselves regarding his credibility. Take that statement as one will. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, certainly from a credentialism standpoint, it doesn't really matter. You can see how bad the reports are. He publishes them. We've gone over them here. There's no there there. <clears throat> There's no process there. There's no useful statistical analysis there. I would have there be. Christopher Boozy, you want to change your stripes and do that better? Absolutely. Go for it. But it, uh, it certainly doesn't exist right now. Shireen, say social media does have hate against Meghan Markle, which is true, but he's a troll talking about trolls, which is not a good idea. Yeah. I think that there's hate about basically every public person. And I think that it is um, <clears throat> undoubtedly true that there is more directed at certain people uh, in the public limelight. So I have no doubt that there are folks that just hate Meghan Markle for whatever reason, hate Amber Heard for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I think adding toxicity to that stew is is a bad fit certainly <clears throat> brandy lee rogers says or bradley rogers sorry having the option to tell the story on your own terms instead of letting other people control the narrative entirely seems desirable yeah i think we can give benefit of the doubt to some of this stuff and say there is a place here that we can talk about this and not think it's terribly hypocritical to not just want the paparazzi to tell your story joshua ford says hogue it is interesting how modern internet addiction can blur the lines between warranted statements of opinion and ad hominem attacks. Sentences like CB is a troll could end up in his favor. <clears throat> well, as, as an ad hominem attack? No, I mean, I think I'm describing a behavioral characteristic. You can evaluate this for, your, for yourselves. Uh, I think you can take what people do and, and evaluate that uh, and then describe it as he adds toxicity to the internet. How, however you want to frame that. Uh, that to me is a, a kind of trollish behavior on its own. And I use that term specifically because Bot Sentinel says it's on the lookout for toxic trolls. Um, but it is. Addiction on the internet is interesting, isn't it? <clears throat> I just checked, says Glitter Girl. I'm blocked by Boozy. The poll currently at 70, 30 blocked, 268 votes in. <laughs> uh, Durfee says, Hogue, as a Brit, if someone is associated with Megan, it is a bad sign. 
maybe. I mean, there's a lot of people that have very strong feelings about her one way or the other. Absolutely, he's cited in publications as an expert, and most will just go with that. We've looked further into his report and know it to be false than watched him have a meltdown mean questions. He did, in fact, have a meltdown for anybody raising concerns about his process, which was well worthy of concern. Uh, and we're going to wrap this up now at 9 a.m. Uh, I did see a super chat here, but it's a fascinating it's a fascinating character and a fascinating story, right? Uh, and I think Kate R. has it exactly on the head here, which is that a lot of people don't know him. A lot of people are going to trust what they were reported on as an expert, what he says about these things, what that report might say. And I think that's the difficulty. That's one of the reasons I believe in this program here in Hangouts and Headlines, which is that we will continue to try to critically read and say, hmm, does that really say what it says? Can we look at primary source material? Can we go one step further? What does this sentence intend to convey? How are they trying to talk about or massage the issue that they're presenting to us? I believe in that. Hopefully you do too. Uh, but Chris Rabuzzi is a great example of when that is clearly not happening as people describe what it is that he does. <clears throat> HP with the super chat. Thank you so much, HP. What's sad is that Boozy will taint even the legit concerns over some of the hate Meghan Markle receives. They are using as an expert an alleged fraud, right, alleged fraud. Well, they're certainly using someone that I don't think gets the job done with his analysis. Yeah, that's the taint, right? So when we talk about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, I, uh, I'm neutral. I don't have any understanding of what specifically happened. Uh, and then I see Christopher Boozy there and I say, yeah, I, I'm disinclined to believe you if this is who you have defending you. It's just the truth. Uh, <clears throat> hey, Matt, just some more FYI. Thank you for the super chat, hey, Matt. Megan made Kate cry by picking on her three-year-old daughter saying her legs were fat. She also bullied two assistants into resigning, confirmed by another palace staffer, and there's so much more. Hey, Matt, I really appreciate the super chat. I can only say that I don't know the articles or the reports or anything like that that you might be referring to. And I do think that rumor and innuendo, it's called palace intrigue for a reason, right? Uh, can happen on any number of scores. So I'd, I'd be interested in hearing everybody's kind of account of that going forward. Certainly if true, yeah, I mean, that sounds that sounds boorish, uh, certainly. Uh, and again, we get into that situation where that could be uh, Americanism. It could be Hollywood actressism. could be all sorts of things. Uh, but I, I just don't know what I don't know on this score, but thank you for, thank you for raising that. And thank you so much for the super chat. Kate again says, I agree. There's a lot of hateful stuff out there that should be punished, but he is not the one to do it. He undermines the cause. And as Riketsu 86 quotes me going out, that's the tank says I, that's what I said. All right, folks. I hope you had a wonderful Thursday hangouts and headlines. And I hope you have a wonderful Thursday going forward. Tomorrow is casual Friday. I'm pretty sure we'll be covering the Hollywood Reporter's DC Comics Warner Brothers restructuring article. Uh, but if you have anything else you'd like to see covered, let me know. DM me. That's usually the best way to get in touch uh, with Twitter. And I don't know whether I'll be doing a virtual legality today. We've done a lot of videos in the past four days or so. Uh, but if I don't do one, I'll see you on the next episode of Hangouts and Headlines. Have a great one, everybody. Thousand of you in the chat. Leave a like on the way out if you like these kinds of conversations. Uh, and let me know in the comments what you think about this, what you think about the documentary, Netflix, the Sussexes, uh, Christopher Boozy, or anyone else. And I will see you on the next episode here on the